Hi there, I'm Kathy Valentin, and this is the Good, the God, and the Ugly podcast, where we're talking about the good, the God, and the ugly moments of life. Life is just full of ups and downs, but there's a treasure to be found in every challenge. Join me as I talk with people that have impacted my life, those who have found a treasure in a challenge, or whom simply I just love and want you to meet. Hi, everybody. Thanks for joining me in my podcast today on the good, the God, and the ugly of leadership. And today I have my wonderful husband with me, Chris, (laughs) and my granddaughter-in-law, Allie. Here I am. Yes, you are. (laughs) Well, I'm so excited to be here once again on your podcast because I get the privilege of not just interviewing you, but both you and Papa today, which that is exciting. And we get to talk about some leadership So if all you listeners didn't know this already, Chris and Kathy have led in so many different ways from leading movements and ministries to businesses, their family, to crisis youth centers and youth groups. So many different areas you guys have led, probably more than that. Um, But I'm excited to just deep dive into that today and ask you some questions and all that sort of fun stuff. So you guys ready? I think so. I'm ready. All right, here we go. Well, I was wondering, you both lead in such different capacities in different ways, but did you both feel like leaders all along, you know, even back in the day when you were leading in your business or leading in youth or your family? Like, did you feel like that was a leadership role or something that you kind of just wound up on your lap? Well, speaking for myself, yeah. <laughs> I feel like it's something that I kind of fell into and I had to learn along the way. Yeah, It's really easy, I think, for people to look at a person that has a type D personality that's real driven and, mm-hmm. and a go-getter as being a, quote, leader. And that's not me. I'm not that. I'm not like Chris. I'm completely Whoa. opposite. <laughs> no, that's not saying that Careful that's now. bad. Back up the train. No, I'm not Be saying kind. that's bad. I'm just saying I'm not like him. My leadership styles are not the same as his. Right. And so for me, it was that quiet strength, I think, mm-hmm. is probably a Yeah. You have such different strengths in mm-hmm. your leadership. What are what do you see some of those differences as? I think that Kathy is the reason why we actually ever made money in business. Hmm. She's the reason why we have a school ministry wow. uh, because I'm the dreamer imagineer in among us, very driven as she pointed out. And she's the administrative genius organizer mm-hmm. strategist on how, what's it actually look like? Like how do yeah. we actually get it done? Yeah. And so it takes both of those. Mm-hmm. And I would say I started leading when I was 18 years old. I was put in charge of a shop with 13 guys. Wow. And I learned how not to lead. <laughs> so you made a lot of mistakes. Yeah, no, I, mean, I didn't know how to lead. So when you don't when you don't have skills or any training, I think you resort to, you know, manipulation, control, and fear. Trial and error. Yeah. But I mean you lead people through fear, like yeah. punishment. Oh, yeah. It's like if you don't do this, yeah. I'll fire you. Yeah. And I actually enjoyed firing people, which tells you where I was as a young Wow. Man. And uh, I think, you know, just exerting, I was led like a dictator. Wow. So, you know, years of not, you know, uh, years of, of low performance and low output and lots of people angry. Um, you know, by the time I was probably leading four or five years, I started reading leadership books. Hmm. mostly out of, you know, if you, you mostly out of pain, like 
how do I actually lead people? How do I get things done through other people? Right. Uh, and, and without all this turnover, like, Hey, if you don't like, if you don't like a job, quit. And pretty soon I'm looking for other people. And, and so I think that our journeys were quite different. And Kathy was on that journey with me, hmm. learning how to lead and learning how yeah. to, you know, how to inspire people to want yeah. to work with you and how to inspire people to get things done that you need yeah. done. So, yeah, but we're very, we're very different leaders and think, I think very necessary. Like, I think that's what makes us a great team. Is that yeah. We're, our strengths are polar opposites. Yeah. I think for me, um, I'm more people oriented. I think I take more time to actually listen to mm. a person mm. and to make them feel heard. Yeah. He has, he has the skills, but I think I have the heart. Yeah. You have a big, you have a big vision. You see it long term. Mm -hmm. And then you look at like, how do we, how do we make this happen? Yeah. Which obviously people are such a key. Our minds are spinning complete opposites. Yeah. Has gotten me in trouble. Has gotten you in trouble. Mm -hmm. Has it gotten Chris in trouble? (laughs) She's usually in trouble with me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I was going to say, how is that reflected maybe, or how's that dynamic been even within your marriage or, I mean, you guys have worked together like your 43 years. Yeah. That's, that's mind blowing. That's not normal. I feel like that's we've pretty unique. Together longer than 44 years because years. we've been married 46 years. Yeah. Wow. We worked together wow. in our very first job. Yeah. I was the, what I just described, I was, mm-hmm. I was leading a shop and she was doing the, the accounting. Yeah. So we were both young. So I was 18 Actually, when I started leading the shop, I was 18. So it was even before we were married, I was leading that shop. Oh, wow. We got married when I was 20. So she was doing books at, when she was uh, 17. I was 20. That's crazy. We were together. Yeah. It was a, wow. It was a journey. I'll say this. Uh, you know, we, we've had to learn how to get fine rhythm. Yeah. What did that look like? Well, she can tell you her side. My yeah. side is, you know, I, I am a dreamer mm-hmm. and I'm a builder. And I'm a visionary and I'm, I'd say I'm an imagineer. Like these are all my strengths. Yep. So I love to get in a room with other people who are dreaming. So we dream together. And when you're dreaming, you know, it's kind of like, uh, the, it's a kite without a tail. Like you're just, mm. you're just, you're just throwing things on the wall, see if they stick. And when you get a bunch of dreamers together, you know, pretty soon you're, you start out, you know, building a, a um, building a, an office building, you end up with the Eiffel Tower, you know? Yeah. And, and Kathy would be in those meetings and she would be like, well, how, who's going to pay for that? And how are we going to get the metal? And what color should the building be? And she's like, she's, she's trying to pull the dreamers into the practical aspects of actually mm. getting this, this thing done. Yep. And it's a, it's a killer for dreamers to have to be practical when they're dreaming. Yeah. So, I remember, I remember coming home one night <laughs> after a, after a visionary meeting <laughs> and Chris said, I don't want you coming into our meetings anymore. Oh. And I'm like, why? What, what did I do wrong? And he said, you're killing us. And I said, I'm just giving you opinions. I'm, I'm helping. Uh-huh. And he said, honey, you are not helping. You're not helping at all. Wow. He said, when we're in a visionary meeting and we're dreaming, he goes, feel free to dream with us, but don't try to execute us. Wow. Don't try to put something into play. If you don't think something will work out, just keep it to yourself. 
maybe write it down, come, you know, come with the information another time so that we don't feel like we're being shot down before we even get our feet off the ground. Wow. That was, that was really hard. And I thought, but that's just, that's who I am inside. I mean, I can't, I can't help. It's like telling a dog not to bark instead of meow. Yeah. Yeah. And it just, it's who you are. So that was, that Mm -hmm. was really difficult. But for me, I had to, I had to um, purposely tell myself when I walked into a room where we're going to have meetings like that, watch what you say, don't wow. speak before you, li- you know, before you, you know, take note of what you're going to say. Right. Be positive. Don't be negative. Wow. If you don't think something's going to work, rephrase it to where there's an <laughs> answer for, or ask a question yeah. so that they, so that he comes, you know, up with the answer of this isn't going to work. Yeah. Cause it's, I mean, your mind goes to how do we make this happen? Which, and it's the whole desire is to help, but, but exactly. it, it crushes that. Uh, crushed yeah. might be a really extreme word to use. No, that's, no, that's that not a word. Probably, that was probably Pretty right. crushed. Yeah. Pretty crushed. That's so, this dynamic, I feel like, is so normal in relationships. Like, I even, I think about in marriage with Elijah. And Elijah's a dreamer. Duh, yeah. But I would say so am I. I don't know. Elijah's He's large, big dreams, okay? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's interesting because really recently like we had this conversation where I was like, I can't, I, it's so like me to be dreaming all the dreams. And I feel like I cannot dream. I literally talked with the counselor, like, what? I don't know what's going on. And I came to Elijah, like, hey, I think we need to talk about this. Like, I'm having a really hard time. I feel like my dreams keep getting shot down and mm-hmm. they, they're being marked off as ridiculous or this or that. And his response was similar to yours, actually, which was really surprising because I would kind of put him in line with Chris a little bit more. We're big dreams, visionary, dreamer, and all those things. But his response was, well, I want to make those dreams come true and happen. And they feel real far-fetched. I don't know how to make them come true tomorrow. I'm like, oh, I don't need you to. (laughs) Like, let me just dream. (laughs) But that interesting dynamic of, man, I'm really trying to help. And yet it's totally crushing your dreams. Well, and that's what I've learned too, you know, especially a lot lately is that Chris is a huge dreamer and he has great ideas. Yeah. And sometimes I just need to keep my mouth quiet mm. and let him dream and let him go on and on and on and kind of get it out of his system. Yeah. Sometimes he'll come back a week later, not ever talking about that dream anymore, but yet he got to fulfill it in yeah. his mind. He got to, you know, go mm. through the steps of can this happen? Can it not happen? Wow. You know, is this a pipe dream? Is this pizza? You know, what yeah. is this? Yeah. Um, and he comes to the conclusion of, uh, it was a good dream, but a different day. Yeah, totally. I think that another uh, thing that's different between Kathy and I and with a lot of leaders is that I'm an external processor and she's very much an internal processor. Hmm. As a matter of fact, we'll be on a trip five hours and if I don't talk, she, she doesn't talk all the time. And I'll be like, are you doing good? She's like, yeah, I'm doing, are you happy? Yeah, I'm happy. And, and she's living inside. And she's, uh-huh. she is, when she, she's, she does dream too about, she, her dreams are around our house, what we're, what we're building, you know, cause we're, we always, mm-hmm. we're always building something. Um, and, but she'll, she works it all out. And then she's pretty married to it. Because she's thought about it for yep. maybe weeks, sometimes months. Well, I've she, seen the whole picture in my head, and I've been building it in my mind. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
You've gone through all the pros and the cons. Oh, yeah, the colors. The we're working on a kitchen remodel now. And <laughs> it's like I have it all in my head. I know where everything's going to totally. go, and what it's going to look like, and the colors and the outcome. Mm -hmm. and, and I think that I'm an external processor, right. meaning that. And I think this is good for some people that are listening, for both totally. who are and and those who are have those on a team or in your house or that you're married to. I, I'm not committed to the things I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. Like this is the way this is like I can't sit in a room and dream about what I want or how it should be. I, I mean, I'm not like I don't have it at all, but mm -hmm. it works out as I talk about it. Like, so what if we did this? And then half the time. After I after I've spoken, I'm like, well, that's not going to work. Mm. But it's part of the way my brain actually processes through my mouth. Mm -hmm. And so I'm not committed to those. You know, obviously, if I give you someone my word, that's a. I'm not talking about that. Right. I'm talking about when we're building something. I'm not committed to what I just said. Right. I'm. I am getting it out and looking for f feedback. Not the kind of feedback like that'll never work. How are we going to pay for that? Mm -hmm. Not that kind of feedback the kind of feedback where someone else synergized and said that's amazing how about why don't we do it in blue instead of red because the you know and like we're we're having this process right. brainstorming you know time yeah kind of like a think tank right where people are throwing their ideas together and collab and collaborative collaboratively imagining together right not com not collaboratively uh, in administrative, getting it done yet? Totally. Collaboratively dreaming together. We don't know. Okay, it, it might cost too much. It might. Mm -hmm. It might. It might not be. Able, it may not work in that neighborhood. It. It might have to be with a gr different group of people. Yep. But right now, we're just dreaming about what it could look like. Yeah. And so, Kathy, it her processing. Bill Johnson's the same. Mm -hmm. So Bill's an internal processor. Kathy's an internal processor. Mm -hmm. They don't need to articulate to actually come to a decision about what they think would be amazing. Mm -hmm. So it's very, it's very fun. If you can think about it like that, that I, I need to express what's going on inside so that when I express it, then another layer comes another layer, another mm -hmm. layer. So I don't know what the next layer is if it gets interrupted. Right. If the process of dreaming gets interrupted, I don't know what the next layer is because it, I, it's still in there. It's still in sense. progress. Yeah. I think sometimes the hard thing is the fear that comes about hmm. because he's, he's dreaming so big and inside I'm like getting nervous inside thinking because I know, I know him. I know he, when he puts his mind to something, his head is down and he goes for it until it mm -hmm. happens. And sometimes the fear of, Oh no, he's going in this direction. And I don't know if I can yeah. you know, handle that or if I can do right. that or if I can process that or yeah. Um yeah, that's yeah, good. That is good. Yeah. Point. So there's a there's a fear. I'm creating issue. risk for you. Yeah, lots and of risk. He's a real big risk taker. Yeah. I'm not a risk yeah. taker. Well, I should say in some things I am I am a risk taker, but in a lot of things I'm not. Yeah. You're you're um especially as if I especially as I've gotten older. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, but you're you're risk you're a risk analysis kind of person. Mm -hmm. And I'm a ready, shoot, aim kind of person. Totally. Yeah, that's so true. it's not just that you're 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 not risk averse as 
as much as your risk analysis. Yeah, so that's you're true. like, we're not going to do this till we have all this figured out. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, let's jump in. And then we'll figure it and out. We'll figure it out. <laughs> totally. And that for a person who's a risk analysis, that doesn't work for them. Yeah. They're like, I want to know, I want to know, okay, if we make that investment, I know it's not 100%. I know it's mm. not 100% that we're going to get money back. Yep. But I want to know if it's 92 or 94 or 96. And I'm like, uh, let's just make the investment and then we'll invest more if it starts to work and we'll invest, we'll stop investing in it. And mm-hmm. for Kathy, that's a violation of her, of the very, her very nature yeah. where she, when we go to buy something at Costco, anywhere, we go to buy something, she's on her phone. And I'm always like, what are you doing? She's like, I'm Guilty. checking all of the, mm, the ratings, the ratings to see oh what the best one is. And I'm like, that's so are funny. Are you serious? I'm like, yeah. these poor people who put these products on it. Yeah. I'm looking for what are the best ratings? And I'll be like, let's buy this thing. It's a toaster. It's a toaster. She'd be like, Oh, let's see if that's the best. One. No, is that the best one for the best price? I mean, it's a freaking toaster. That's hysterical. And you eat toast every morning, so you should you really gotta get appreciate the best. it. So she's a risk analysis person. Yep. She likes to know. I know this isn't going to be perfect. You know, we've made enough mistakes to know this isn't one hundred percent. This is no, no, no. Nothing in life is one hundred percent. Yeah. But I want to know what I can expect. Yep, that's great. You know what's yeah. important though is that both people feel like they're heard. Mm-hmm. Because what what's really frustrating is if he were to say that's ridiculous or that's stupid or roll mm-hmm. your eyes or make you feel a little and it's like no that's who I am and I need to be able to express express that. who yeah. I am just like you need to be able yep. to express who that is you really are. good. That is so good. Yeah. You know, you mentioned um you have failed a few times on those kind of ready, shit, yeah. <laughs> ready shoot aim <laughs> kind of moments. Absolutely. You know, in leadership, that's, that's just, that's the way it goes. Sometimes you fail. And I'm wondering if you could speak into a time in leadership and you both could speak into this time in leadership that you failed and how you both solved the problem. Was it the same way? Was it different? What did it look like to overcome that that failure? I don't know if something will come to mind We've right away, but... You know, Kathy would probably, I mean, why don't you just speak into the business failure we had at the end there when, when uh, Big A, uh, you know, lied to us and went Yeah, rogue. that was, that was really tough because we were in the process of taking these big risks. Yeah. Um, and we, we entered into this joint venture with our major supplier mm. and they were going to come in and buy our auto parts stores, three of them. They actually did buy our auto they, Yeah, we were going to run them for a salary. Mm-hmm. And it was supposed to take probably oh, three or four months for the escrow to happen. And it went on for months and months and months. 18 months came and went. And all of a sudden we get... I get this. Well, the escrow was supposed to close. So every, every month, we were, the reason it kept going yeah. is because we stayed in the escrow and mm-hmm. every month it was like, oh, well, this, this month, da, 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 we're ready. We're ready mm-hmm. now. We're and ready part, now. Of, part of the escrow was that we didn't have to pay our big, our big ace bill. We didn't have to pay our supplier, our supplier bill. Oh, okay. That it was going to be taken care of at the end of the sale. Hmm. So we were like over a million dollars with, Big A that we had owed them. Yeah, the Big A was our supplier. So, when, so at the end of the day, amazing. we moved here. Uh, we we moved to Bethel. We left our business because they were going to buy it, mm-hmm. and we moved to Bethel. 
and the escrow was supposed to close like, I don't know, like three weeks after we got here. Mm-hmm. They postponed another month. And then finally, they're like, it's closing on Friday. We're like, finally. Because we would have had, we, the goal was we would have about 250000 cash. Mm-hmm. We could live on that. And then we, we were weren't gonna, getting paid from Bethel. Right. Yeah, because we weren't getting here. paid from Bethel. And then we would have some oversight of the network of of that we actually sold to them. And then uh, I think it was like a Thursday or Friday came. And our, our guys are, we still had 43 employees in three locations when we came here. And our guys called and said, Hey, I, we called the warehouse mm-hmm. and the phone's disconnected. And anyway, the short story is within about six hours, we figured out that they actually, well, we didn't know what happened, but they closed. And within the next week, we figured out, we all figured out that they went bankrupt. Wow. Not uh, only did they go bankrupt, but about a month after that, we got a letter from our F and SBA because uh-huh. we had taken out a loan through them saying that they were calling the note due. And it was, that was like 900. They owed us money, but then, we owed them money because of the, we were buying parts from them. Right. They said, don't pay your parts bill. We'll just take it out of the escrow. So they owed us more money than we owed them. Right. So there right. was 250,000 more than we owed them. Uh-huh. We owed them like a million. They owed us like 1.3. So it's oh like, so when the bankruptcy court came in, their bankruptcy court came in, they called everybody's, everybody's bills due, right? Notes mm-hmm. due. Well, yes, we owed them one, one million, you know, like 1.1 1. 1 or whatever it was, but they owed us like 1.4, 1.3 yeah. and a half, you know? So we're like, oh no, 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 you owe us money. Oh my but goodness. the bankruptcy court didn't honor, didn't honor the sale, thing. of course. Oh my gosh. So we ended up not only did we not only did they not buy us, as Kathy's point out, but we ended up owing one point eight million total. We owed them one point two or one million or whatever it was and eight eight hundred thousand dollars to other suppliers and had no business. Oh my goodness. Talk about feeling like things are crumbling all around yes, you. Yes. And because of that we lost our house, we lost our cars. No, we, we kept lost our, our business, two cars. Well, two cars, but we lost some of the parts store. Yeah, we lost all. We lost, we lost everything about except for we lost all of our parts stores. We our lost house. our house, our furniture, and our cars were the two things we got oh to keep. Goodness. Yeah. Did you feel any sense of hope in that season? Did you say hopelessness? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <In> hope, <laughs> hopelessness. You know. <laughs> Oh. Our responses were different. Like my, yeah. like Kathy was done. First of all, it was eighteen months of being drugged through the mud. Yeah. So you, you have to understand, done. it wasn't That's like it wasn't like we woke up time. one day and they went broke. We were, we were like, what mm-hmm. is going on? What is going on? For and we months? were li- we were living in a small town. So you know, when mm-hmm. our cars are repossessed and I'm walking to into town, yeah, pulling my kids in a wagon because that's the only transportation I have. Buying groceries and taking them back home—that was like that's the kind of town. It yeah, was. that's yeah. the kind of town we're in. So, you know, my deal was like I'm quitting Bethel and I'm going back to you know we still had businesses, we still had three locations, and we're like, and we'll pay this debt off. You know, we still had our team in place. Wow. And Kathy was like, I'm done. I can't do this anymore. I'm exhausted. I remember waking it was, up. It was exhausting. We were. I can imagine. We were, we were, you know, like think about the COVID virus now at about 10 times of that. Yeah. Wow. I remember like waking waking day. up and saying, rolling over in bed and telling Chris, that's it. I can't do it anymore. I'm, I'm, 
absolutely done. I'm beyond done. And we cried and cried and cried called, morning in bed. called our banker and said, we're turning in our keys. This, and we can't here's a great this. example of leadership. Like I realized I cannot run this company in three locations without her because mm -hmm. the role she plays, she's like COO. Like she's right. the chief operations officer. I'm like the CEO. Like I'm making business happen, but she's making sure the operations happen. Yep. So and when I the, felt like when I was the, failing at that every single day. Well, there Could was no imagine? way to succeed. There was no way yeah. to succeed because we were given, it's kind of like, you know, it's like uh, you're playing 21 and somebody's cheating. The cards are fixed. Like you can't win. Well, and I'd, wow. used, I'd gone through every trick in my bag. I mean, I... She was amazing at money. She's I, I amazing. Couldn't, there wasn't anything else I could do. Yeah, but you wake up every day and you feel like you're failing. That's yeah. a hard thing to wake up to yeah. every For day. For months. And then, and then you run out of, and then you're working, you know, 16 hours a day and there's no money to pay your bills. And our office was moved to our home so that I could be with the kids more. Mm -hmm. So there was no refuge to go home to. I would get phone call after phone call after phone call at home. We owed 127 suppliers. suppliers. So there was so, no there was no respite at all. So um, it's challenging. So my 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 response was I don't quit. Let's get back in the game. We can mm -hmm. make this happen. And the response of my partner is, I'm done. So I'm like, all right, well, it's I mean, the only way we're gonna ever recover from this one point eight million dollar debt is if we're both together. Yeah. So the day she said, I quit, I have no choice but to quit because there's no way, you, you know, it's like can't play a basketball game with one person on the court. Right. But right. I think I, I think I, I don't know of any other woman that would have stayed Oh no! in that situation as long months. as I, as nuts. long as, well, not even, not just the 18 months. I mean, we, we outgrew our capital. Yeah, from but, the early years in business. So this wasn't, a, you know, just an 18 month period of short, right. you know, period of time. This was years and years and years and years yeah. of, of struggling and being creative. And how do you manipulate this to get that? And yeah, it was it was a lot of work. It was yeah. a lot of work. So mm. I was, you know, I, I was done. Yeah. So, you know, at that point, we you know, we, we went back, renegotiated with them. They forgave $900,000 of our debt, which was great. Wow. SBA forgave nearly 300,000. So remember we owed 1.8. So wow. now we're 1.2 yeah. forgiven. Right. And and then it's like, all right, well, we still have a big debt here. Bethel was paying us nothing. Yeah. How did you And then they, then they started paying us the next year. We got paid a thousand dollars each. We were running the school. Mm -hmm. So we got paid two grand. That was enough to live on. And, we, and and then the Lord told us not to bankrupt. Wow. So we, you know, I don't know, we owed 600, 700,000 with no income. <laughs> and we um, pr literally, literally the Lord paid everything off in three years or forgave it. So wow. it was, mm -hmm. some, for, some got forgiven. People gave us money. It's such a know, crazy about, story. You know, hundreds of thousands of dollars came in, just people, you know, secretly putting money in our offices and, yeah. And we pay it, you know, it was a struggle, but we paid it off or paid off, paid off a lot of it. And a lot of it got, got legally forgiven. Yeah. Yeah. It was challenging. It is real challenging. Yeah. Communication is really important mm -hmm. when, especially, you know, husband and wife and feeling like you yeah. can communicate. I think in the early, early years when we first got married, 
I think I, I'm a really introverted person. We've already established that. But I was, I think, afraid to say things to you. Mm -hmm. Your personality was so big, and I felt like I was so small. And he wasn't purposely trying to do that, Hmm. but I felt like I was shutting myself down. How did you find your voice? I don't know if it was because of age or situation or what, but I feel like probably the last 20 years... Maybe 15 years has been a pretty big turnaround for me. Really? Yeah. I feel like my leadership skills, I've seen them grow and I've seen them mature. Yeah. And Longer I'm not than a, that, though. I mean, in Weaverville, you were finding your voice. Probably not as confidently ways. that you are now. But, right. But I think a lot of it was, you know, Kathy, uh, again, she's not a risk taker. So I think a lot of it is, you know, I don't want to be punished. Not mm-hmm. realizing like. The way I look at life is you make a mistake, it's no big deal. You just try again. Mm-hmm. And Kathy's really hard on herself. She make a mistake and feel really guilty about it or feel like, oh, my gosh, how could I do this? I'm like, oh, don't, wor- don't worry about it. Let's just. And you've always been the best at that. Yeah. I'm you like, just brushed it off. Yeah. That's no big deal. Yeah. It's just forget it. Let's but keep going. But then I going. think I, I do that with you, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're, you're, we're grid for each other. Yeah. Yeah. So. I, I think learning, you know, finding rhythm. Yeah. Like it's one thing to find rhythm in a marriage. Right. It's another thing when it's another thing when the marriage partners are business partners and ministry partners. Yeah. So, you know, your marriage can be tough too. You have kids and maybe you see it different. Maybe you start having children and you're like, you think one person's more strict than the other or one wow. person's like this or that, you know, it, it's, you know, when you first have kids, they don't come with a manual. So you're, you're trying to. <laughs> Figure out what's the right way to navigate this kid's misbehavior or whatever, you know. And then it doesn't, you don't stay there because your kids go from little kids and they have, you know, one kind of misbehavior or whatever. You're trying to Mm -hmm. father and mother them. And they hit teenage years and they have a different kind of behavior. And so it's, it's a journey of having to work together. Right. You're always growing. That was, that was hard. Mm -hmm. At Um, times. Yeah. At times it was, I can remember, um, we had an issue with one of our kids and we both saw the problem different. Hmm. We had, we I had think adopted, we saw the solution different. The, the solution different. We, yeah. had, we had yeah. adopted, we had adopted a child at 14 and a half. Yeah. And so I had a lot of grace for him during mm-hmm. like this first year, this grace year. Yeah. And after that year, Chris was like, no, he need the grace is ending. He needs to, become a man and yeah. learn things that normal kids at 14 and a half do because he was brought up in a home that that was never displayed. Yeah, a drug home. Yeah. And it was, so he, it wasn't any fault of his own. He just was never modeled a good, right. you know, good family. And I felt like the more I tried to protect him, the more Chris was doing things that I thought I needed to protect him from like yep. work like- and <laughs> Now you're my enemy. You know? and, <laughs> yeah. And so that that kind of brought a wedge in between the two of us for a while. Climax one day when he decided that he's going to leave the house if he had to do oh. such and such. And so I packed his bags and met him on the front porch. <gasps> and oh you can imagine with Kathy's articulation that she was like, oh, my God, he's going to leave. He's never going to come back. And I'm like, he has it so good here. He drove mm. a drug home. Trust me, he'll be back. Wow. And he picked up his suitcase and. 
I don't know. He was gone for half an hour. Not very long. (laughs) Oh, a half hour. (laughs) She was in in the bedroom just weeping, you know, oh my God, he's never going to come back. And, you know, and like half an hour later, I'm like, he's coming up the driveway. (laughs) You know, and he comes in. We really had to come into an agreement of, and and talk, communicate. And I had to say, when you do this, this is how it makes me feel. Right. And he's like, when you do that, this is how it makes me feel. Right. So the communication was really important because if you can't be on the same page, the leadership in the home is completely divided and the kids pick that up and they, they know and they'll play one against the other. Right. Wow. That's what, that's what, you know, they were doing. They were playing one against the other. It was like, okay, we got to be on the same team. We, We need to come, we need to come together in our parenting skills and our leadership in our home closer than to center than where we're at right now. Wow. Because I was far left and he was far right. Yeah. And you were like a Democrat and I was like Republican. Oh, oh my goodness. That wasn't going to work at all. So <laughs> yeah. After, after we talked about it, I felt like I was heard and it's like, okay, I, I'm going to not pull this way so hard. And yeah. Wow. And let him make him into a man. Yeah. <laughs> and let him make him into a man. I don't know how that worked out for us, but. Oh. No, I mean, I mean, yeah. And that's, you know, so parenting, we're leading right. together as parents. We're leading together as yeah. business partners. And then we came here and we're leading together as ministry partners. Right. So, you know, you have to find rhythm. And all of those mm-hmm. honestly have a different rhythm. I was going to say, those are a lot of, that's a diverse, yeah. yeah. Diverse spread of leadership that you guys have walked through. Yeah. It's really incredible. And I think it's would be really encouraging for, for people to hear that because sometimes you you just picture the leader like, oh, my president, that's a leader. He's leading a massive country. But sometimes leadership is your mom and your dad in the home. And that is a massive leadership role. And it has a lot of similar key principles and attributes just all around in leadership. So it's encouraging yeah. to hear. I think the person... The, let me say this: Nobody leads a great organization by themselves. No, it's great. They, they 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 may get credit for it. They may be the only visible person. Mm-hmm. But the truth is, if it has any level of success, mm. there is a team. That is such a good point. There is a team, yeah. and and Kathy and I were often the team, you know. And as mm. time got on, went on, and now we have a huge team. Right. Kathy was laying in bed the other night and say, I play a completely different role. My team is so amazing. They, oh. you know, I'm just, I'm kind of more like the director than the boss, you know, and, and so I, I'm, I'm growing that way too. So it's mm-hmm. like, oh, we're playing different roles. We're kind of like we're working our way out of a job. <laughs> we're working our way into a different position yeah. where yeah. we're kind of the, we're the sage, we're, we're more the guide mm. than, than the boss, you know, That's really but I mean, what I'm getting at is that, we have always led together and Kathy has always been a leader. Yeah. But she has often been in the, in the invisible one and people have attributed many things to my leadership, which is really, really the truth is it's been our leadership. Mm-hmm. Like together it's our leadership at yeah. night. We're laying in bed and I'm ex- externally processing with her. This, this, and this is happening. She's like, well, I don't see it like that. I think this is the issue or that's your fear thing you have going on right now, or that insecurity is killing you. I wouldn't, I wouldn't respond like that. And it's like those things, it's like the consultant, the, the wise, Mm. your wise counselor, you know, and then plus she plays the role, always the role of master builder, COO, Mm -hmm. 
Right. You know, so I think that it's easy to see the public person as the person who has the greater leadership mm -hmm. skills. Right. When actually they may have the greater articulation skills, that doesn't mean they're the better leader. Yeah. That is a really great point. Well, if you could just encourage the leader listening, what would you say to them? Don't be afraid to build a strong team around you. A lot of times mm. people will put little people under, well, I don't know if that's, no, that's politically yeah. correct, but um, less qualified people right. around them because they don't want to feel like somebody knows more than they do. Mm. But a true leader will surround himself with the strongest team they can possibly find. Yeah. Uh, and that's what true success and true leadership is, is out, you know, putting a team around you that'll outgrow you. Wow. And not is. being afraid to let that happen, but actually encouraging it. Mm. That is some true wisdom. And my advice would be Kathy's personality is quiet. Mm -hmm. She speaks mostly by invitation. Mm -hmm. And I and one of the parts of rhythm is knowing you want it, knowing you need it. And even when you don't want it, you still need it. Mm -hmm. So I'd say for people that are like have a dominant personality, mm -hmm. you need to invite the quiet people. You need to quiet invite the people who are behind the scenes to have a voice. That is so good. And then when they have a voice, you have to let them know that that voice is valued. So good. And desired. Mm. And I think that even if it's not the same opinion, even if you're not going to take the advice, like mm -hmm. you cannot take the advice, but if you make the person feel like they shouldn't have given the advice, then you are in the downward spiral of living in an echo chamber and, and you have you have nullified the best advice, the best, not maybe not the best advice at that moment, yep. but the best advisor that you can, that you can have. Yeah. So I would encourage men and women, if you're the strong personality, you've got to pull out, you have to yeah. invite, create a culture, make room, for make room, them. make valued, make sure they're that those folks, the internal processors are, are heard because they, they are often will sit in a corner waiting for someone to invite them and then being very hurt that no one invited them. Mm. And, you know, and that this is Kathy's early years. Like I want, I want you to want my information. And I'm like, I didn't know you had any, you didn't mm. speak up. Mm. And so, you know, creating a culture where people are valued for speaking up and the quiet yeah. ones are, are, uh, it's, you know, um, encouraged. Yeah. I think so important. That is amazing. Well, thank you guys so much. Thank you, Ellie. It was so fun. Well, we'll see you guys next time. Yes, God bless you guys. <laughs>